You're listening to the Cheating Unfiltered Podcast. Hey, and welcome to the Cheating Unfiltered Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Love. And I'm Della Gray. And this is Lola's Story Part 2. Now, if you haven't listened to Lola's Story Part 1, go back and listen to that. You will not be disappointed. At all. So, hey, listen, this is Lola's Story Part 2 on the Cheating Unfiltered Podcast. So, life goes back to normal. He joins this prominent group in town. Life seems to be good. I am no longer teaching, which was a super stressful position. And it's almost like it didn't happen, Hmm. which is so weird because I don't even know how I put that in some place where I wasn't bringing it up all the time. You put it in like a different box. Because, I mean, when someone cheats on you, most people are going to tell you, I want details. I want to know when this happened and this happened and what did this look like and how did you feel? How did they make you feel? Was it better than me? But because it was a man, there wasn't anything. To judge it against, to bounce it. Yeah. Right. And it was so... Like, this really can't be happening. Like, almost like a bad dream. Right. So, it sounds like there wasn't really any reconciliation. There wasn't even any, like, hey, this is what we're going to do to repair our marriage or to um, be stronger or even admission. Like, it didn't happen. So, that's such a brilliant comment because I think what you tap into and I think which would follow me forever was that. There was never any admission. Mm -hmm. Mm. There was no admission whatsoever. And little things about him started to manifest that I didn't pay attention to before as much as now you have sort of a wall that's been created. Even though I wasn't bringing it up, I didn't end up being one of those women that was like, you know, you cheated on me and, and I need this and blah, blah, blah. One of the things I talk about, which again is why the universe said this is such a stand-up comedy routine, is that he would go to TJ Maxx. Wait, he would teach what? He would go to TJ Maxx at shop. <laughs> Wait, I still didn't hear it. TJ Maxx. TJ Maxx. TJ Maxx. TJ Maxx. Okay. Yeah. I thought you said he went to go teach, and I was like, teach what? No, teach he what? Could teach shopping at TJ Maxx. <laughs> Trust me, he was that good. That's where he would shop. He wouldn't shop in a regular department store he loved going to tj maxx that's and like the first our- sign right there <laughs> so you know that's like a, why that's, god why? that would have been in the book lola that would have so been in that chapter if your man like shopping every weekend at tj yeah, that's a problem you got a problem wow and the kids would cry we don't want to go to tj <laughs> <laughs> literally <laughs> We don't want to go to TJ Maxx. Nobody wanted to go to fucking TJ Maxx. Was this like a big TJ Maxx or like kind of what It was what just whatever was in Tampa, TJ Maxx. Oh I think my. there was only one fucking TJ Maxx. We hated it. We hated it. And he would go antique shopping. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, I like that would be shopping. That would be part two. Of the I mean, book, I, I, 
But I, I like going to antique stores. Like it's just okay, you're probably buying war memorabilia. Yeah, exactly. You're probably stuff. buying something fucking super masculine. Civil War soldier God, buttons and bless it. I have a creative background, so I, I'm just looking at. He just was buying old art stuff. and furniture. He was buying oh, yeah. teacups, and the kids oh. would cry. Art and furniture. So That's he would bring cool. like he liked to dress. Like he was very controlling. I had to look a certain way, mm-hmm. so of he course. wouldn't the good bring the wife. dresses home for me from TJ Maxx. Wow. Until no. I found out the motherfucker was stealing from TJ Maxx. Oh no! I thought he was going to say he was wearing the dresses, but this. Is I really often cool. wonder. He probably was wearing the dresses. You know, too. I don't wonder if ever he's so like pathologic. Okay, wait, but let's just go to the stealing <laughs> part. Can we just go to that for a minute? <laughs> I gotta what? hear. Okay, he's a, a, a if you doctor. Could, so he's you see so me, I'd be right. popping Hello? right now. Hello. So headlines read. Wow. Can you imagine? You know, super prominent yeah. Tampa general, whatever doctor stealing, from, stealing. He's not even from, stealing from anywhere good. Good. You know? Like Max. stealing from Saks Fifth Avenue. Right. T.J. Max. So this is what he did. Okay. And I think he got like off real, on this. Yeah. Oh man. He would go like TJ Maxx has some designer stuff. I don't know how designer it is, but so sometimes that stuff there would be clearance aisles and things like that and then there would be the high end of whatever TJ Maxx was. He would go to the clearance aisle and somehow Switch like astutely tags. take the tag, but those are those punch tags. So you had to get the tag off from the clearance aisle and put it on the high end and then come home and then brag about it. Oh, we would brag about how we had put the wrong tags on it. Yeah, that's how I found out. Like he, he couldn't help himself. Oh, he would. He could not. He told you that. Yeah, flat out, he like, couldn't I help and just like look what I'm I did. So proud of himself. And I remember thinking, all I all I can remember was like you know the Tampa Tribune and here's his face, but not stealing like you said from anything prestigious. It's gonna be from. TJ Maxx. And uh-huh. so I would say, don't bring me another goddamn thing. And still to this day, he still shops and buys dresses. And yeah, I mean, it was so <laughs> messed up. So so I have a thing um, as a person when I'm trying to decide whether or not I'm going to do something crazy or even giving advice to others about doing something crazy. I just tell them, what would that Bay News 9 headline look like? And if you're comfortable with that headline, then go for it. But if that makes you cringe, don't do it. And that seriously, that does guide a lot of my principle. Yeah, that Bay News headline to me would have been horrific. What does your headline look like? And by now, now the kids are seven, nine. They're in a really nice Catholic high school here. We're like a nice, you know, doctor's couple. The Mm -hmm. beautiful. We would invite people to dinner. It's like your home furnishings from TJ Maxx too, like pillows. Fast forward to antique stores, okay? Every once in a while, the phone would ring and it would be like, James, and you would hear, is Claude home? Is so-and-so home? And I would say, how do you know him? And your heart would just die. Because you're like, is this another lover, right? Mm. And how do you know his name and right. why? Oh, no, we're, we got a new piece in. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the phone would. I, I believe, like, when you have those moments, and I don't know why we fucking deny them. When you have that moment, because you probably get all kinds of phone calls where they ask for, you know, your husband. And it doesn't mean anything to you. But something, when that spidey sense starts tingling. Um, oh, like, no, I knew. Go with that, right? Just go with that. And 
I just so many times I wish I'd gone with my my spidey sense. That's there for a reason. But then the, the, there was survival. Mm-hmm. Like part of you said, if I'm going to spend every waking moment worrying about every phone call and living in that, what that world looked like to me, I felt like I was going to be, one of us had to be a good parent. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you years later, that's the best decision I ever made because I so worried that my kids would pay such a high consequence of me losing my mind over this right. because no one knew no one knew fast forward life is great we're in this beautiful home our first home that we've bought the kids are in a great school we've got like a nice car we're getting a great salary you have more than one car now right, right. we have more than one thank you <laughs> we have more than one we have to actually two cars and i taught a lot and in the, this particular day, I got invited to teach in a conference in Orlando. Again, remember, no cell phones, no beepers, no anything. And coming home from the conference, I tried to get a hold of him. And on this particular day, he was on call. So call meant he didn't go into the hospital until noon. And then he worked like noon to nine or something like that. Couldn't get a hold of him. 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 Who's going to pick up the kids? Can't get a hold of him. Finally, I called the hospital. I'm like, hey, where is he? And they're like, oh, he hasn't called in. He hasn't shown up for work. Oh, my God. He hasn't called. Okay, so. He's like missing? Right. Mm. Oh, my God. So I'm driving like a bat out of hell from Where are your kids? They're in school. Okay. Oh, so he's got to pick him up. So he's got to pick him up from school. Somebody's got to pick him up. I think it was me that had, like, I was leaving early or something because all of that got sorted out. All I remember was that his mother and grandmother were coming from South America and that somebody had to pick them up at the airport. Don't get a hold of him. He doesn't walk into the house until like 9 o'clock at night. My parents have gone to the airport to pick up his mother and grandmother, Mm. and he's like white as a ghost. But when we ask him, where have you been? I remember him saying, I got in a car accident and my car just went round and round and round and round in a ditch. Okay. All right. That's good. <laughs> that's enough. That's, that's fine. That's, that's the good whole for story. Us. Let's move forward. Oh, that was it. You were like, okay. That's uh, you just moved on with wow. that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. But what would you? What would you think? I mean, like, why did I? His parents were. The, I mean, like his mother and he grandmother. He couldn't call from there. the hospital, and or the car was going around, and he couldn't get to a Where, phone. Who would he call? Like, uh, uh, if I was on the road, there wasn't like a cell. Like, you forget that without this technology, yeah, mm, you almost had to buy this. Is like okay until like two months later, I'm coming home, check the mailbox, and there's a letter from the psychiatrist. And my to world, you or just it's a bill? Okay. And for some reason, with that bill, the world came crashing down because I was like, you're up to something. And I confronted him. I said, you know, what is this? Oh, my God. God." He had been arrested. So what does arrest look like in those days? He claims that on this particular morning, he just woke up. What am I going to do today for those three hours before I have to go into the hospital? I'll tell you what. I'm going to go and suck dick in like an XXX place because there was no porn. There were those like bookstores, right? And evidently, I've never been in them, but in the back, there's like action. Action. Hmm. And of course, what happened to him on the first and 
was one the very time first that he ever time, time he'd ever been there. Yeah, he God. gets arrested in a sting operation. Oh mm. my gosh! And they haul his ass away for the eight hours or whatever it was that he was. So gone. he was in jail instead of his car going round and round. But here's how fucked up the system was: you could get a lawyer to just like stash all that data, even though you're a prominent physician in town. It can all be like hidden away. So that's what happened. He, it was his first arrest. He went before the judge or something like that. And they said, okay, the only thing we're going to ask you to do is you need to go under a huge battery of psychiatric testing. And we figured out you're a sociopath. <laughs> so he does. And that's what the bill was. And um. when he went to the psychiatrist... He was a fucking genius. Like his score, his IQ score was, I don't know what top is, but it was insane. And we met with the psychiatrist and she said, unless he has help for the rest of his life and somebody has to be smarter than him, he will continue to fool the system. That was the first and last time we went because he didn't believe he needed help. Mm. He's too smart for that. So the arrest was life-changing the only one who knew then was my uncle my uncle was like a part-time sheriff in town and so he got me the arrest record for lewd and lascivious behavior but he didn't know your uncle didn't even know until you told your uncle right I had and to then your uncle, uncle got you the stuff <gasps> scandalous he was the only one who knew well that must have been so and birth shattering for you i got pregnant with my son the next year which I always said my son saved me, but it was sort of the beginning of the end. Right. You're because to... with the arrest, there was no way you could say, we're not just dealing with a, a man who has another preference. Mm-hmm. We were dealing with a man who was brilliant, who had power, who was sociopathic, who was a narcissist, who was a pathologic liar there were so many levels of wrong that even i i don't think you know because people always say to me why'd you stay so long why'd you stay so long you stayed 18 years why'd you stay so long why'd you stay so long they just don't know what it's like to be and i mean most people think like oh if uh, someone were cheating on me i would just like leave right away but you think most people don't actually you right away that but when you're under, so if you don't have a support system, right. if your support system's going to say you're a piece of shit and he's not, then what happens? And that's what I knew I was going to face because he was a doctor. Hey, thanks for listening to the Cheating Unfiltered podcast. Remember, this show is for you. So to submit your cheating stories or questions, go to Cheating Unfiltered at gmail.com or you can leave us a message at 813-922-5207 and even to this day i i keep thinking the passes he gets it's like you know do not pass go do not collect two hundred dollars he got to go around that monopoly you know table a thousand times there was never it seemed like any consequence for him whatsoever Shortly after my son was born, we moved to Cincinnati. He was going to do a postgraduate fellowship. He had this opportunity to do another specialty. And we thought at that point, oh, we'll let him go. 
and I'll need that time to be separate and I'll just have my so, house. So you didn't go with them. I thought about not going with them. And then my son was just a baby. And then I thought, you know, he'll never see him. And that just didn't seem, I was always worried about him. That doesn't seem fair. So we all moved to Cincinnati. I gave up all of my teaching career, all of my career, all my jobs. I gave it up all and we moved to Cincinnati. In Cincinnati, I'd gained a lot of weight with the last pregnancy. And I decided to, we were rich enough, you know, to hire a trainer. So I hire this trainer and I meet this American, like blonde, beautiful, younger guy. And for the first time, I started to realize, and this guy like, like, not liked me in a sexual way. He just appreciated me. Did he have a Midwestern accent too? That's what I'm imagining in my head. No mustache. No mustache, <laughs> blonde, but, and just sweet. Like whatever you picture with like Americanas, like he was just wholesome All American, and wonderful. farm boy kind of I remember strong. I decided to run a 15K in Cincinnati and it was all uphill. And I thought, I'm going to die. But then I thought if they carry me off in a damn stretcher, I don't give a shit. I have to do this. And just to give you an idea of how narcissistic my ex was, at the end of this race, I do my best time ever. I cry as I cross the finish line. And he looks at me and goes, let's go. And you're like, no, no, <laughs> hug me, do something. This is my best time ever. But Mr. Americana at the gym, when I go into the gym on Monday, he was like, he waiting for me. And mm-hmm. I never forgot the physicality of this man. I can still like cry when I think about it. He was waiting for me at the front door. I can visualize it. And he saw me and he goes, how'd you do? And I go, I did the best time ever. And I remember him physically picking me up and like spinning me around. And in that moment, it was love. <laughs> like mm-hmm. It was just like so much validation of the fact that you see me, like you see me. And with those sort of moments, my life started to take an entirely different turn. And for the first time, I started to say, in Spanish, we'd say no mas, like, no, no more. Like, I lost all this weight. Mm -hmm. I started bodybuilding, which I was like really good at. And I remember we only had a year in Cincinnati. And at the end of that year, the last night we were in Cincinnati, I told the trainer, I want like a couple hours to film you to film all these exercises we had done. My plan was I was going to have an affair with him. (laughs) (laughs) It was happening. I don't know how it was going to happen, but it was happening. (laughs) It didn't happen. But I remember I still have the tapes of him. You know, he called me by my last name, which I loved. It was just like so brother and like this is what a man does when he likes another woman and he yeah he was supportive and just made you feel good about yourself and um and of course and also made you tingly i'm sure he did oh my gosh oh my gosh <laughs> just a little bit and i remember hugging him out in the parking lot telling him i want to kiss you so bad and you told like, him that <laughs> oh man <laughs> and i didn't come home until like 10 o'clock at night and my what? ex's mother was there and they were all like where were you you know, but nothing ever happened. But just that validation for the, started me off, I think, on being angry. And for the first time, I started to say, this is not okay. Mm-hmm. I've lived all these years. And you, I mean, that idea of a woman 
validating her sexuality. And I was a Cuban woman. Like I had a lot of sexuality. I felt like, why have you, I'll, I want to know what it's like to get slapped on the ass, pulled your hair. I, I wanted all of those things. And I was beginning to realize that you weren't going to get it. There was, there was nothing going to happen in that regard. And I just started to get mad. You start to mm-hmm. feel like you deserved it too. Probably. <clears throat> I mean, Cause probably I saw felt- what that, could, could look yeah. like and that you can evoke that in somebody else just like when you said even though it was like friendly probably with a little bit of tension you when you got a little bit of that you're like wait i did that like oh, and that felt genuine and like i could probably do that again and i could probably like you're feeling like that power coming back to you then i started to tell my friends so this was three years out before we finally and we stayed together for 18 years so three years out i started to tell my girlfriends i'm like i'm not happy i think i want to have an affair that's how i would start i think i want to have an affair Mm -hmm. and nobody really ever questioned until i finally told them and then they would say oh my god you're the strongest person we know why didn't you do anything but the minute you tell your friends it's like you got to go right like that that judgment Mm, like you're crazy like why have you said why haven't you walked out that door girl you know yeah that's tough because now then, you feel like they're judging you. And, and there have would them over be for some dinner, of them that were judging you. They're they judging were like, him. Yeah. How long are you, what are you doing? And <laughs> I remember there was a ballroom dance like studio near where we lived. And I thought, okay, we're going to take ballroom dancing. As if ballroom dancing wouldn't, you know, make him gay. But I mean. Well, I mean, I, I used to swing dance. Um and and I salsa dance and, and stuff now, but it's great and ballroom dancing. There's nothing wrong with ballroom dancing. It's, it's, it's very sexy. <laughs> the problem, and that's exactly it. The problem was, without me knowing it, as soon as we started to dance, it was so apparent that he didn't love me. You know that's so that's so true with dancing because. That's the dynamic of a relationship, like in a non-controlling way, because one person has the lead and the other person follows, but it's not following in a submissive, you know, one cannot do well without the other. That's why I love dancing, because when you see it, when it's done well, it looks amazing, but you can, you'll know, like from that, especially if you're in the, oh. And you know, and so Mm. I knew all of a sudden we fought. Like we had never fought before. I dropped his ass off in the middle of downtown. We <laughs> fought. I, I was so angry because as I would dance with him, I would realize you can't dance. Whatever that is that your soul is like in stone is never going to give you that passion to hold me. And I was a really good dancer. And so all of these things started like I was starting to gain power slowly. But with that power, it became this knowledge of as you look at your world, as you know it, mama, whatever leap you take the next is say goodbye to this, your world as you know it. So if you're willing to be brave enough to step away from it, your world is never going to be the same. And you're in a world where it's very pretentious and you're judged on how much you have. And I wasn't like that, but it was that was the world. That's the world you knew. So I knew that if I decided no mas it was gonna end like the people we were 
<laughs> air quotes, right? Friends with, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Would never be my friends. And I think that's what took me so long. But with the dance, it just exacerbated me into that. I hated him. I so hated him. We would get in such big fights in the middle of the dance that the teacher didn't like me because she thought I was being unkind to him. Mm. Although she didn't have any idea. He would sweat profusely. He just couldn't dance. It was like something was so vulnerable in this man that was starting to, that he, he had to hide. You think like he didn't have control of the situation maybe? He's, he wasn't a loving person. I don't know. Like Dan- it was like a spotlight that said you're you, really kind of an asshole. Yeah, you have to be. You have to have something in you to dance, like to you to do. dance and the love dancing. It's not something you can just kind of half-ass do. And yeah, it, it's like it's a truth. It's, it's a truth teller. It like, was a. It was that's so yeah funny that you say that because it was such a truth teller, and I just became angry. And I started to see attorneys. The first attorney I saw was a female. Big mistake. <clears throat> and as I sat down with her, and you start to tell her what the circumstances are, I remember her, it was a macaroni grill. You know how you could write on the tablecloth of the mm-hmm. macaroni grill? Mm-hmm. You met with her at the macaroni grill? I remember I started like with a crayon because she said to me, oh, honey, she goes, you're married to a doctor. Why don't you just have an affair? You've got it made. <gasps> and this was what I had been dealing with for the last that, 18 That years. kind of attitude, just be oh, a good girl. Wow. Attitude was just, come on, yeah. from my parents, from wherever it came at me. It was just like, suck it up. Why would you give up all of this? Mm-hmm. And then finally, I said, I'm ready to do this. And sure enough, everything that I predicted that was going to happen, happened. All of the people that were in the group with him never spoke to me again. In fact, I would hear from people in the hospital that they were giving him like names of nurses on this floor. And I said, unless it's a guy, you know, he's going to be like sadly disappointed. There's male nurses. (laughs) No, they weren't male nurses. <laughs> That's the, those weren't the names yep. that they were giving him. It was, um, I, I mean, I mean, and, such an eligible bachelor. Like, why should they let that go to waste? Took him up with their uh, daughters and granddaughters. <laughs> exactly. And then, of course, my stand-up routine, and this is kind of what almost became the first thing to open with in a stand-up, when I finally told my mother, and I didn't tell my parents until I had already separated and hired an attorney and then she said hi lola why he just can't leave you in the back of your house and i remember saying mama like like in a like a mother-in-law suite or like just because we had built a mother-in-law suite why he just can't leave you in the back of your house like a simple oh my goodness yeah well because that's her time that's the yeah and i remember i was so angry i was like mama he can't live in the back of my house because he's living in the back of somebody else's house. <laughs> and then her Spanish accent, hi, you're so bulgar, you're so bulgar. And, you know, bulgar, it wasn't even bulgar. 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 Besides, um, how are you going to get any dick if your husband is in the back of your house? And 
you know, I, yeah. <laughs> how are you going to get, how are you going to get some action? Because you are ready. I can tell by the story, like, Brand. you are ready. Like, the first poor guy that, like, gets, all, so like, that you get so your hands on after that is going to probably he, have a heart attack. We were separated for three months. I'm in my early 40s. And my sister and I decide to meet in Ybor City for dinner and then we're going to go to the clubs. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but I'm like dressed in whatever my mom, like. Your mom outfit? Yeah, like. <laughs> I don't Are you in know. mom jeans? Not in mom like, jeans. Reeboks but I remember it was, no, them. I was like dressed up, but like in fancy jewelry. And I don't know. It wasn't like. You still look like the doctor's wife, didn't you? Sort of. <laughs> like, uh, you know, and watch me stick my finger in down my throat. So. My sister immediately hooks up with some biker guy in some bar in Ybor City. Did he have a mustache? <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, finally. Someone in the story just, has a like, mustache. I am thinking to myself, I am literally clutching my purse at the bar going, why did I even do this? So my sister goes off with the biker. I'm mortified at the bar. I'm too dressed up for this bar. I'm thinking, what am I thinking? I just thought for a minute I could be like a cool whatever person who goes to bar and meets people. And all of a sudden, as I'm clutching, I'm like bent over at the bar, clutching my purse so no one has eye contact with me. And up walks this person to the left of me. And because I'm like in the fetal position at the bar. <laughs> oh, goodness. I look over and I think this person has said to me, hey, can I buy you a drink or something? I'm like, you look like you need to loosen up a little bit. (laughs) I'm like, no, no, I can't look you in the eyes. And I remember like looking in his direction and I see this beautiful, handsome, much younger man. So that was part two of Lola's story. Wow. She is such a good storyteller. That she is. I can't wait to hear part three. Right. Yes. So, so, hey, listen, go ahead and tune into part three of Lola's story. And also, if you have your own story that you'd like to uh, let us know about and just kind of share, please do. And remember, you can do that at cheatingunfiltered at gmail.com or you can give us a call at 813-922-5207. I'm your host, Chris Love. And I'm Della Gray. And you're listening to the Cheating Unfiltered Podcast. Bye, y'all. You're listening to the Cheating Unfiltered Podcast.